This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Giving is a huge part of our life, me and Angie's life. And I got my stool because many of you have been in my Sunday school classes over the years. So today's sermon will be in two parts. One part, Sunday school. You want to join Sunday school this morning? Online, let's join Sunday school. And then the second part, we'll see what the Lord says. How about that? Does that sound good? Now, the theme given to me today is giving. And I told Angie what I should say is I should get up here and say, it's giving, so I'm going to give everything I have to preaching a sermon on the rapture. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But before we do that, Angie, can you come up here really quickly? I want to do something that it just hit me when we were uh, leading worship. And no, that's okay. You don't need the mic, honey. Um, I wanted to do something for everybody. Angie and I do this, I, I can't say every day, but almost every day for Long time. 17 years. Long time. <laughs> we do a confession. And it's just me and her. And we're going we're gonna to teach it to our children too. So Angie, why don't we do that together? Our bodies are temples for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Our members, the parts of our bodies, are instruments of righteousness, yielded to God for his service and for his glory. The devil has no place in us, no power over us, no unsettled claims against us. All has been settled by the blood of Jesus. We overcome Satan and all of his demons now by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimonies, and we love our lives not unto the death. Our bodies are for the Lord, and the Lord is for our bodies." Amen. Amen. Thanks, honey. Let's give Angie a hand this morning. So we believe that when you say those things in the air, that God allows the spiritual atmosphere to be set. And so I believe, and if you'll believe with me, that that's exactly what's happening this morning. And I've asked the spirit of revelation, which is one of the names of the Holy Spirit, to be with us this morning. So Briefly, I want to recap a little bit about what I said last year, because I, I, just, I, I just couldn't get away with it, from it. I wanted to make sure that we really hone in in a summary of the way God asks us to give in the Bible. And there are four ways of giving in the Bible. There's the tithe, there's the first fruits, there's the alms, and then there's seed. Now, alms is kind of almost like an old English word now. Alms means charity. That's where you're giving directly to someone that's poor. So it's not necessarily an organization like Compassion International that takes your money and then gives it to the poor. That's where you personally are going to someone and giving it directly to them. And here's the thing I want all of you to know. The reason, well, first let me ask a question. Have you ever felt discouraged that you have not seen the increase on your giving that you thought you would receive? Am I the only one? Have you ever wondered why you don't receive on your giving? Well, I believe today God is going to unpack something with you where you can learn why you haven't received to the level that you should and then also how we can increase that going forward, okay? All right, so what are the four ways of giving again? The tithe, the first fruits, the alms, and the seed. 
All right, so let's talk about the tithe. Isn't that your favorite subject? Come on, everybody. Here we go, the tithe. Let's do the tithe. So um, let's go to that, that next thing. God wants us to do all four of these types of giving. Not just one, not just two, but all four. And could it be this morning, as you listen here, that the reason why you're not receiving the blessings and the benefits of the new covenant in Christ Jesus, could it be, possibly, that it's because you're not participating in the blessing that God wants to hook you up to through these four ways of giving? Now, I want to say really quickly, some of you are like already checking out on me. Here's the thing. The Bible does not teach that New Testament Christians, especially New Testament Gentile Christians, have to tithe. I said this last year. You can be a Christian and not tithe. Does that shock you this morning? All of our pastors just said absolutely. So can we put it to the rest right now that whenever a preacher speaks about money that he's just trying to get some? Can we just put that to rest for just a second? Now, I'm a financial advisor, so I know a little bit about money, just a little. And the reason why God has blessed my wife Angie and I in our life is because of our giving, not because of my title, not because of my job, and not because I manage money. That's not why. God has blessed us because we give. And so I'm already moving into the sermon part of the, of the series this morning. Did you notice that? So here's the thing. Everything Angie and I have accomplished is because of Christ Jesus our Lord. So before I go any further in this, and for all of you watching online, I think my parents are even watching online, this is not about Zach Davis this morning. I want to be really, really clear. But when Angie and I were married, we had already gotten the revelation and the vision of what tithing and giving was all about. And we decided literally from the very first paycheck, when I was 24 years old, and even before we got married I was doing this, that we would give off the gross, straight off the top, 10% back to God. And God in his wisdom, again, remember I'm a financial advisor, he made it really easy for us to figure that out. All you do is take what you make and you move the decimal this way, right? That's for you guys. The decimal over one spot and there's your tithe. It's real simple. We complicate it. And God in his wisdom is, he did it that way so that everybody could participate quickly and easily. Now, I'm gonna blow your mind this morning. Did not plan on saying this. The people that make less than the people that make a lot. So if you're making 20,000 a year and you tithe, that is a lot different in the level of sacrifice that you're making than someone that makes 200,000 a year. Are you with me? So we love to glorify the people that make lots of money. We love to get excited that they're part of our giving, part of the charities that we support. But did you know that that $20,000 person that gives the $2,000 a year is actually sacrificing more in their giving? So it's not the dollar figure that we give that counts. It's actually the percentage and the level of sacrifice that counts. 
Let that sink in. So some of you that don't have a large income are actually giving more in God's book. Can I even say that in some ways you're even more faithful because your level of sacrifice is greater? So I want to say thank you for that. The other thing I want to tell you is I had a text from a client who knew that I was preaching this morning, and they are probably one of the biggest and greatest giving people that we have ever seen in our whole life, and they challenge us to the core. They are one of the highest income earning people in this whole county, and this year, I got this text this morning, you ready for this? They lived off 13% of their income. And next year, they're stretching to where they only live off of 11% of their income. So I love it when I chat with this individual. He's like, can we just get beyond the tithe? Can we just stop talking about that? So he's moving to, I'm going to live off the tithe, and I'm going to give 90% of it away. How amazing is that? I was walking this morning in my prayer walk, and I felt like just sitting down on the road for a minute and lamenting over my level of sacrifice. (laughs) Now, I'm not telling everybody here that that's what you're called to do. That's obvious. They obviously have a grace on their life called a gift of giving. But isn't that amazing? Don't you appreciate the heart? Isn't that amazing? I love it. So what is the benefit of the tithe? We've heard this, right? If you've been in church for a year or more, you've heard this already. But I want you to hear this again, and I want it to sink in this morning. Okay, back to Sunday school. The tithe, let's go to Malachi 3, 8 through 12. I want you to see this. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean, talking to God? When did we ever cheat you? And he says, God said, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be room enough and food in my temple. If you do, there's the condition, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it. In, try it, put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Another translation says, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then, after I've blessed you in this way, after I've rebuked the devourer for your sake, then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven armies. So the motivation of tithing is obedience. Tithing belongs to the place where you're spiritually nourished. We don't have the temple we're going to in Jerusalem, right? So where are you nourished? People ask me that. Where should the tithe go? How much of the tithe should go there? And I would tell you, ask the Lord. Now I'm into making this efficient and easy this morning. It seems to me that the place I'm regularly fed, where I have regular fellowship, where I have people that know me, that have authority in my life, that want the best for me, even though I have really bad attitudes sometimes, is the place where I go to church on Sunday morning every week. Could it be that simple? Now, does the Bible say you have to do it that way? 
No. But let's just be honest. Some of the ministries we support, and Angie and I have several that we support outside of the local church, they have no connection with you. They don't know you. They don't really have relationship with you. And if they do, it's very surfacy. Now, that's nothing against them. But guys, the tithe is what connects us directly up to the blessing in God. It's the foundation. Now, if you give less than the tithe, guess what? God's going to bless that too. But if you want to be hooked in, sold out, full of grace, abundantly overflowing, having the devourer rebuked for you, that the windows of heaven of revelation in your life for every purpose, for every place, for every part, for every direction, for every road you should take, then tithing is the way to connect into that. I'm not preaching legalism this morning. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It says, all of the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And Pastor Rob, I'm just realizing, I am not going to finish all these notes this morning, am I? I did, do you feel, do you, and you said I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> are you feeling this? There's a reason. This is the Holy Spirit, people. There's a reason why God is settling me in on this, because this is the starting point. The reason why there's chaos in your life is either because you have disobedience, according to the word of God, or you have not hooked yourself up to the blessing. Which one is it for you? Now, don't raise your hands. <laughs> I'm not pointing anybody out this morning. But after 17 years of doing this, folks, in our family, we have never wanted for anything. Not one time. Can I look at my wife right now? Because I'll start crying. As a matter of fact, when we were still dating, through a time of freedom with some friends of ours, we were breaking bondages and speaking life and releasing God's spirit, and she, the lady we were ministering to, our very dear friend, she was filled with the Holy Spirit that night, and you know the first thing she did was, this is when we were still dating, about probably 19 years ago, she immediately said, I have to call Angie. And she called up Angie, and this is the prophetic word. She got Angie on the phone. That's back when we still used wired phones. Remember those? You guys still remember those? Believe it or not, young people, there was a day where you'd have a phone not only connected into the wall, but then there was a receiver. So there was the part here that was like the electronic part, and then there was this little wire thing that was like spiral, and you would take that off, and then what you'd do is you'd buy this extension line so that you could be somewhat hands-free and walk all over one room of your house. That's it. So she, the, this, this lady, that, a friend of ours, she picked that up, that old-time phone, and called up Angie, and she got Angie on the phone, and this is what came out of her mouth. And I'm going to try to do this without crying. Angie, God says that from this day forward, you are not going to have to want for anything in your life ever again. How's that for a prophetic word? And God, in his wisdom, hooked Angie up with someone that was called to be in the business world. And that's me, if you were wondering, Angie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so.
So could it be that the reason why you're not experiencing the fullness of God and why church gets dry, why you don't feel like things are going your way, could it be that you haven't connected with the blessing? And Jesus is the blessing. That's why God says, test me in this. It's the only place in the whole Bible that he says that. Test me. Try me out. It's a playful thing. He's not, it's not like, test me. You better zap. No, it's test me. Come on. Chase me a little bit. Try me out. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. That's a Bible verse. All the gold and the silver are mine. I hold the whole world in the palm of my hand. Test me. Test me in this. When you connect, then the blessing comes down. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the next one. All right, the first fruits. I'm going to hit this one quick. All right, so now that you're all tithing, congratulations, we're connected in the blessing. Now, now the blessing is on there, so how do we start tilling the ground? How do we start connecting where the miracles start happening? Financially, physically, relationally, vocationally, all of those things. Now what do we do? Well, we start participating in the next three ways of giving. That's what we do. So the first fruits is not tithing. I know it's been taught that way many times. It's not tithing, okay? The first fruits is where you simply are being generous back to God, saying, when I get my increase, when I get a raise at work, when somebody gives me a blessing I did not expect to have financially, monetarily, what I'm doing is I'm saying, God, the first time I get my raise, my first next paycheck, I'm going to give you the increase. So let's make this simple. Let's say you get a $1,000 a month raise. How many would want that? <laughs> All right, so you're used to making 1000 just for simple numbers. Now you got a raise or you got a new job and now you have 2000 a month, okay? So you had 1000 now you have 2000 Okay, for all you brainiacs out there, the next month, how much do I give to the Lord when I give my first fruits offering? 1000 Thank you, Jerry, and I think a few other people said it, right? But how many times do you do, you do that? One time. And then the, third, the next month that I have my raise, God says, great, go enjoy it. Congratulations. You are not owned or enslaved by money. This was brand new revelation to me and Angie last year. We had not done this one time in our whole marriage until last year we learned this. And so guess what happened? I said, God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this first fruits offering thing because I've never done it before, Okay. And so we reached a new level at work, because we have 10 levels at Edward Jones, and we went from seven to eight last summer, okay? Level seven at Edward Jones to, to level eight. And when that happened, obviously, my income went up. And so I calculated it, and you know what Angie and I did? One morning on a Saturday after we fed the children breakfast so that they weren't running around, do you ever feel like you have more than the kids that you have? That happens all the time to me. So anyway, so they're out playing. We go outside, and we list all the ministries we support. And I say, all right, Angie, where are we going to give this first fruits? And we had a blast, didn't we? Picking out, figuring out who we're going to give this to, different ministers and all these different things, just being able to bless them. 
on the first paycheck. Well, now, now see what happens to you when you do this, because guess what happened later that year, or actually six months later, into the beginning of this year? We reached level nine at Edward Jones. And I feel like maybe the Holy Spirit, what he's doing, what he's doing is he's, he's playing a game with me. Can I say that? He's saying, okay, let's see, let's see what else he'll do. That's the worst sentence that any pastor has to think about me, trust me. Let's see what else he'll do. <laughs> anyway, but that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Maybe, maybe if we bless them just a little bit more, then he's gonna do it again. It's like I'm having a party right now. I'm having fun with my son and daughter. So we reached level nine, and guess what we did? We fed the children so it didn't feel like they were running around screaming. We had 18 children rather than two. Yes, we have two, but we have Asher. All right, a little rabbit trail. Who, how many of you, you guys know my son, Asher, four-year-old guy? Yeah, real cute. I think he is. He looks like his mama, thank God. Um, so this is what Asher likes to do. He walked into Mom's Day Out, or Parents, to, you know, it's modern, modernize it, Parents Day Out. So um, he comes in and he goes, excuse me, if I look taller, it's just my shoes. So that's, that's Asher. He, he, we were riding to the mall yesterday, and in the back seat, all of a sudden, Asher goes, um, whenever I lick my lips, it makes them crunchy. <laughs> There's no such thing as chapped lips. They're crunchy, people. Okay, so these are just examples of the things that my son says. Oh, one more. Okay, one more. So I was feeding. We're having a pizza night because that's what dads do. They have the easy night, right? So when mom goes out, dad, dad doesn't make dinner. No, dad, you don't make dinner. You order dinner. This is easy. Make this easy. And then what you do is you watch funny home videos the whole time mom's gone. And then you, then you clean up everything real nice and it makes it look like you worked all night. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So, but we were eating, and then Asher looks at me, and he goes, uh, Daddy, I, I, I drank the Sprite the first time he'd ever had Sprite. He goes, I was so excited that I just peed my pants. So, <laughs> I was like, son, seriously, this was supposed to be easy. I just told all the people it was easy. See, no, okay, so that's our son, Asher. And there's a reason why I told you all of that. We get far too serious with our relationship with God sometimes. And I don't mean serious as intentional. I mean so serious and austere and religious. This is God. Reverence, bow to me. You know, so it, you know, God, there's a time when we do that. But sometimes God just wants to have fun. So the first fruits is like us getting Sprite for the first time and almost peeing our pants. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> but God wants us to have fun with this. And I feel like what happens is, if you ever heard that where your treasure is, your heart will be also? That's a Bible verse, y'all. There's something, when the, when the wallet goes in, it gets directly connected to here. And when someone says, like the Holy Spirit, Give that person $100 so they can take their family out. They haven't been able to do that during the pandemic. There's something that happens. There's like a, it's, it's like a force. It's, it's, it, it, it shocks. It sends shock waves. You're like, what, me? Has that ever happened to you? 
And God's saying, give them 25 bucks, buy them lunch. See, we always think it's big, like give $1,000. You know, that's the way our brains think. You know, maybe it's $10. And we miss these opportunities. One time I was in line. Is this relevant to y'all today? One time I was in line, and I was checking out at, at, at Walmart, actually. This was like 15 years ago. And the Holy Spirit, he did that thing. He, he touched my heart. And he said, Give this per- buy the next person's groceries for them. And she had a load too, y'all. And I, I, at first I was like, God, you must be talking to somebody else. Or that must have been just me or something. You know, remember that whole thing, the shockwaves, the wallet to the heart thing? It's like, can't be me. It's like a yo-yo. It's like, no. No. Well, I finally listened because, you know, I have to leave. And the lady behind the counter, I said, ma'am, I, I want to buy her, her groceries today. And the lady behind me just was in shock like this. And the lady at the cash register, she's here, okay, I'm here. And she goes like this, what? Man, that's three times today. Three times. Woo! Jesus. And we all had a party there in the aisle at Walmart. Everybody else was like, what in the world is going on? And so this lady, you know, I, I got her groceries for her. She was almost in tears, and I said, Jesus loves you. She goes, you didn't have to do that, sir. You see, something small was big and huge in somebody else's mind. So now that you got the tithing, you're hooked up to the blessing. I want the revelation from heaven I want the devourer to be rebuked for me. Don't you hate it when things go out of whack in your house? Like your air conditioner breaks, the fan breaks, your, your son Asher breaks something, your son Asher runs outside, you don't know where he is. No, no sorry, uh, I went back to myself there for a second. Um, you know, all these different things. That Guys, that's the devourer, all joking aside. Have you ever heard, said this to yourself? Don't raise your hand. Why does this always happen to me? Could it be that your car breaks down, that you get passed up for your job raise, you get passed up for the promotion, your brother-in-law doesn't treat you right, your dog dies, your plumbing goes out, the cable won't work, maybe it's because you're not hooked into the blessing. Just maybe. Maybe. So the next part is the part everybody gets. Everybody understands this. Alms. And I'm not going to go th- I'm obviously not going through all the scriptures. I have them. Do your own, you know, do your Bible studies, things of that nature. I promise it's all in scripture. But giving to the poor, we all get it. We see the babies on TV. Some of you have been to the third world. I was at the Dominican Republic back in February before everything shut down. And folks, these people have nothing compared to us. Do you remember last year what I did is I pulled up the globalrichlist.com, which isn't there anymore, by the way. I really hate that. And I had everybody type in their information, and it told you how wealthy you were compared to the rest of the world. Did you know that if you make over $32,000 a year, that's one person, household, your level of wealth is in the top 5% of the whole earth? Congratulations. Who are the wealthy people this morning? Everybody should have raised their hand. But the problem is that fortune... Fortune magazine, I think it was Fortune, they did a study once and they said, they said, okay, how much would make you feel, survey, right, wealthy? 
And you know what happened in every age category and in every income category? You know what it was? Twice as much as I make now. So if you have 20 grand, it's 40, right? If you have 40, it's 80. If you have 100, it's 200. And check this out, even in this category, if it's 400, it's 800. So here's the revelation. Every person thought it was just double what they had. So do you really think it's about income? It's about lifestyle and it's about your heart. So we live in a level of abundance in the United States of America that the world can barely comprehend. That's why so many people are trying to get here. Isn't that awesome? I know it doesn't feel awesome, it's 2020, but it is awesome, I promise. All right, so giving to the poor, everybody gets it. Let's give to the poor. But here's the thing. Each one of these four things has a different promise with it. So the tithe promise I told you is rebuke the devourer, open up the windows of heaven, get revelation, right? Get the blessing. The first fruits, that's where your barns are always full. You always have plenty to share with other people, okay? The alms, guess what this is? It's dollar for dollar return. So if I give 100 bucks to my poor friend or a child or a family that needs Christmas presents because they don't have enough money to afford it, guess what God says the promise is? I will return that $100 back to you. That's the promise, okay? And see, this is where we get it mixed up. We come and we tithe, right? We may be tithing, but then we're like, I'm gonna take 30% of my tithe to my local church because that's where I'm fed, that's where I have authority in my life, that's where I have relationship, and you know, they really need it more over here. Uh Uh-oh. We just exchanged the rate of return. Now, did you sin? No, you didn't sin, okay? What happened was you went from having the windows open for you in heaven and the devourer being rebuked and you carved it off and you gave it to the poor instead. And now God says, that's great. My promise says that 30% that was supposed to go with your tithe, well, guess what? I can only give you back what you gave to me. So now we've shut the windows of heaven And the devourer is not being rebuked. But guess what? The good news is God will always receive what you give him in faith. So he says, I'm going to give it right back to you. Here's your 100 bucks again. But now we've negated the windows of heaven being open and the devourer being rebuked. And then we wonder why we're not seeing the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold return. All right, everybody online and here in the house, say, ouch. Yeah, that's how I felt when I learned this. Ouch. Okay. So what's the fourth way of giving? Seed. This is where I'm tithing. Okay. I'm connected to the blessing. Place where I'm fed, where I have fellowship, where I have authority in my life. I'm doing the first fruits. When I get that hundred bucks raised a month, I'm going to give the first time I get that hundred dollars back to the Lord. Amen. Now my barns are going to be filled with plenty because God can trust me with money. We've just proven that. Next, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start small, okay? I'm going to start small. I'm giving my 10%, but still working on some debt. I'm still working on some bills. I've got to feed my family. Asher doesn't like to eat, but they keep telling me that one day he will. I'm doing all those things. 
Now God says, give an extra half a percent away to the poor around you. Maybe that single mom in your congregation, and I'm not pointing at anybody in particular, maybe she needs something. How about those kids that you notice that they only, wa- they only wear the shoes that aren't name brand and those shoes look like they've had better times? Maybe I should go buy them some shoes. Maybe I'm in Walmart and I can tell that this lady's stressed and she's kind of stooped and hunched, probably wondering how she's going to pay for the groceries this week. Maybe I can just buy her groceries. That's alms. And God says, I love that so much, I'm going to play a game with you. No matter how much you give in faith, a way to, to charity, to the poor around you, I'm going to give it back so you'll do it again. But instead, you know what happens? People spend it on themselves, including me. I've done that so many times. I'm so sorry, Lord. You see? You see the method? We're building here. We're building. Are you with me now? Okay, now the windows of heaven are open for you. The devourer's being rebuked. So your, your, your car wheels aren't going to fall off all of a sudden. Okay? And now I'm giving out my, fa- for my first fruits, so I'm setting myself up for another raise because the Holy Spirit's having so much fun right now. He's like, okay, I can get money to him so I can trust him. They, they don't love money more than me. They're going to give me the first time they get a raise. Okay? And now he's like, okay, let's see, let's see what else they'll do. This, this person right here, this college student that's so overloaded in debt, why don't you pay their note for a year. <laughs> Lauren got excited. Because <laughs> Lauren, Lauren knows, probably knows some people that have a lot of debt because of school. And see, we're always like, God, please help them. Please help them, Jesus. Man, the sermon didn't go the way I thought it would this morning. Help them, Jesus. Somebody, God, please send somebody to help those people. They need the help. And God's saying, what's he saying, Jerry? You. Why don't you help him? Why don't you give him the car? I am going to say this. How many cars have we given away? Three? Three? Three cars in our life. I'm believing that I'll give away a house one day. Let me blow your mind for a minute. I'm believing in my business that I won't tithe just off of my income. I'm going to tithe off the revenue of my business. Like my friend I told you about. Well, he's even going further than that. Crazy people. It says in Daniel that those who know their God will be strong and do exploits for him. God is saying to you, and to you, and to you, and to you online, he wants to do exploits, but he can't play the game until you show up, until you throw the first pitch, and God's going to hit it back to you. You see that? That's a good vision right there, guys. It's going to come back quick, because when we do it with the right spirit and with the right heart, God's saying, there's nothing they can't accomplish. 
So you remember the hundredfold return? Let's talk about seed for a second. A hundredfold. Let's talk about the hundredfold. Why don't we see the hundredfold? I don't know that I've experienced the hundredfold like, like I believe is out there yet. I'm stretching my faith, y'all. But see, you remember it says that the, the, the disciples were like, Jesus, we've left everything for you. What's going to happen to us? Because the rich young ruler wasn't willing to you know, give all of his money to the poor. Remember that? Jesus only told one person to ever do that. Just one. Because it was a heart issue for the rich young ruler. But then after he left, sad because he wasn't willing to do what Jesus said, uh-oh, remember the obedience thing? The disciples were like, oh my goodness, well, what's going to happen to us? We left everything for you, Jesus. And he says, no one that left father, mother, sister, brothers, country, depending on the tra- translation. It says, they will not miss out, but will receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. So some of you are already saying this guy's preaching the prosperity gospel. I am, because God wants us to be so successful that we can bless everybody that needs it, every organization that wants it, for every good work in this earth. And why not me? That's how I feel. It's not for me. It's for them. So where does this hundredfold come from? Well, part of the answer to that is according to your faith. So we're talking about seed now, okay? The other part is he said, you will receive a hundredfold in this life. Well, here's the beauty of it. We're so individualistic in the United States of America. The Bible was written from a pluralistic, pluralistic culture. They thought in families. We think in individual. They think in families. So you're part of the family of God, right? All right? God's saying that if you sow seed... If you give beyond your tithe, beyond giving to the poor, and you're doing your first fruits offerings, when you sow seed, he's going to bless that seed so much that you could get 30, 60, or 100 fold. So where does that come from? The body of Christ and the world. But it means we take care of each other too. It says you'll receive brothers, sisters, mothers in a new family. So that means over here in this section, you might have the resources that this person over here might need. You're opened up. You have lots of land. You have lots of houses already, guys. You you have lots of income because you are part of a family that's so sacrificial and so giving that they're willing to open up their whole life to you. Doesn't that sound like an amazing place? That's what it's supposed to be like. So remember the question I asked? Why isn't my giving working? It's because we're not following the four ways of giving. And then we're not listening to the Holy Spirit on how to take care of our brothers and sisters in Christ and on the people around us that need it. I don't know if I'm here yet. I'm going to just confess. But we need to get to a place that my car is not my car. It's God's car. So if God says that this person needs to have my car, I don't blink like the rich young ruler did. I give that person my car. 
Is that too radical? My house is not my house. If God says they need a place to stay, take them in, what do I do? I take them in. If God says sell everything you own and give it to this missionary overseas and I'll take care of you, what do I do? See, the problem is is we like to hold on to it and we get so focused on the tithe that we don't even get further than that to where the increase comes. So let's talk about the increase with the final couple minutes. Are you getting something out of this this morning? What are the four ways of giving, y'all? Tithing, first fruits, alms, and seed. So I was sitting once in Antigua, West Indies on a business trip with some friends. They brought their family. Um that I worked with, and I was sitting on the porch, and I was talking to his wife, my friend's wife, and (laughs) we're talking along, and then all of a sudden, next door, next door, there's a person that starts yelling on the phone, (laughs) another business person, and he's like, do you want to make a million dollars or not? And I remember both of us just stopped, and he said it like three times, so he's trying to talk somebody into something, right, in a business deal, (laughs) and I did this with my friend, and I said, I I want a million dollars, I mean, is this up for grabs right now? Are you asking? And see, what happens is we constantly ask God for something, but we never receive it. Oh, and Pastor Rob, I don't have time. How about I do, how about I record something and send it out? How about I do that? Who wants to know how to receive real fast? Can I have three more minutes? How do we receive? It says, let me pull to the right verse. Look that up real quickly. It says in the Bible, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. We won't receive unless we are fully convinced before what we ask for comes to us. We aren't trying to get blessed. This is from Pastor Bob. We receive in faith what Jesus already provided before we get it. You guys still with me? Let's look up Mark eleven twenty four as we finish. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. Did Jesus leave anything out? This thing kind of haunts me. I'll go ahead and tell you. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. Obviously not sinful things, but according to the word of God, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. That statement should shock you this morning. Do you think God's really concerned about what kind of car you drive? Or if you buy name, brand, buy name brand clothes? Do you think he's really concerned if you want to have a big house? Do you think he's really concerned if you want to help start a village or a home for kids? You're going to buy those things anyway. 
God's saying, if you ask it in my name, I get glorified by my Father. That's, that's John 14. When you receive what you've asked for in faith, it says that Jesus gets glorified and then the Father is happy. How many of you have kids, right? And do you like giving gifts to your kids? So God's a good father. He's the greatest father. I get so happy when Megan gets some new clothes or something, my daughter, and she comes down the stairs and she has that big smile on her face, and then I go to church and somebody says, Megan, I like those clothes. Do you think daddy's happy about that? God is too. But the reason why we don't receive what God is saying is because we don't do things in faith. We do it with a bad attitude or we don't pray through until we see the increase come. So if you're doing all four of those levels of gifting, guess what? You're already probably blessed. You're doing fine. But how do we springboard into receiving the true promises and blessings of God? We have to believe, and this is where I'm closing, that we have already received. And then we will have it. No, no, no. You didn't get that. Listen online. Listen to me. This will change your life. God told me, Zach... You are really good about giving and declaring, but you're really bad about receiving. Just trying to get it. It's like Christmas. We got Christmas coming up, right? Hopefully all of us will get at least one gift if we're good. Um, So if, if we say, if Angie gets me a gift and it's wrapped really beautiful over by the tree and it's just sitting there and I go, Angie, I want that gift. She's like, okay. Angie, I want the gift. Okay. Angie, get me that gift. Get your own gift. No, um, Angie, uh, get me that gift. Can I have that gift? Yes. Can I have that gift? Yes. Can I have that gift? Yes. God, will you give me that gift? Yes. God, give me that gift. I want that gift. Yes. God, I need you to give me that gift. Yes, you can have it. Take the gift. That's what God was saying to me about a year ago. Just take it. Take it. It's up for grabs. It's yours. You asked me for it. Just believe that it's there already. Pastor Bob said, I have storehouses. Storehouses are so full of things that you need for this life, for time and eternity, and for other people. I'm just waiting for someone to believe me. I'm just waiting for someone to hook up through the four ways of giving in the Bible and then just take it in faith. Now, this is the third close. The way we take it in faith, y'all, is we believe that it's already ours in faith. That it's already done. It's not faith if it's a maybe so word. It's not a maybe. It's not a beg God for something. It's not trying to get God, twist his arm. Maybe if I say it enough times, I've made all those mistakes. It's, God, I need this for your kingdom work, or I want this for my family so I can glorify you more and give you praise. Aha, now do you think God really worries about what kind of car you want to drive? Because if we're giving him praise for it, isn't he happy? And so we say, I want the present from the Christmas tree, and Lord, no matter how long it takes, The devil's not going to trick me because it takes a while, and I'm going to receive it no matter how long it takes, as long as I have the right motives. And it's coming. And that's where I'll have to close. Folks, there's so much more on this page over here, so much more I want to tell you. It might be a while until I say it. It might be a while until I preach again. But if you want, and Angie said this, to sit down with me and Angie, 
We'll go through this with you one-on-one. We'll help you. I professionally am certified to do that, and I believe that I'm spiritually qualified to do that because we're just getting started as a family, as a family of God, as a church. So let's believe God. Let's take the present, okay? Let's take the present. If I know I have an inheritance, guess what happens? It's coming one day. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you. I've taken a while this morning. I thank you for all that listened. And I thank you that you blessed them with all things for time and eternity. And God, we couldn't get into the eternal mindset, but God, help us to never forget that we do all of this to glorify you in this world. But then, Lord, also to enjoy eternity. Father, it makes me so sad that people limit what you're willing to do in their life. And they're going to have a real shock one day when they reach heaven, when, it's so, where, when there's so much prosperity that the streets themselves are made of gold. They're going to be really shocked. You're an abundant God, and I ask that you'd forgive me for the times that I limit you, that I limit myself. Lord, so today, for those that are in this room feeling convicted, Lord, I thank you for that conviction. But let it not move to condemnation, but let it move to action. That all of us would stretch. That all of us would become who you want us to be. That we might glorify you in this world. And Lord, for the poor among us, we ask that you bless them. That they'd become abundant. And that you'd show us how we were supposed to be the blessing. God, we give you glory for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said. Did you get something this morning? Did you get something out of that this morning? Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to my friend, Pastor Rob. And I just want you to know, all of you, I love you with all my heart. We're for you. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. Y'all receive that word this morning. Let's all stand up. Let's just bow our heads. As I said before, we recognize during this holiday season that God loved us so much that he gave. As we've talked about giving away, we've talked about giving away groceries or cars or houses. Our father gave away his son. If you're here and you haven't received Jesus, if you have not surrendered your life to him, I assure you that is your first step. If you hear nothing else today, know this, you need Jesus. If you're here and you recognize that your life is not surrendered to him, that's what he's asking you to give today. He's asking you to give your life. He's asking you to give up your dreams and your desires to lay your life down for him and to follow him. Jesus is asking today, who do you say that I am? If you're here and you know that your life is not surrendered, you know that you're living for yourself, your own selfish desires and ways, I just invite you to pray with us. Just all pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Totally lost without him. I recognize my desperate need for him now. Lord, I repent for doing things my own way.
living my own life, doing things out of my own selfishness. Today, I choose to follow you. Jesus, I declare that you are Lord, and I will follow you all the days of my life. No turning back. I surrender my life to you. Allow my life to be an offering before you. Allow my life to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice before you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me. Be everything you've called me to be. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.